Welcome to the Scary Spirits Podcast. Please be advised that the presenters may use adult language and or discuss adult situations. This podcast is not intended for younger listeners or those that may be easily offended. So, if you're ready, let's go. Hi, I'm Greg. Hey, I'm Karen. And welcome to the Scary Spirits Podcast presents Wicked Ramblings, an entertainment podcast that strives to answer the twisted questions currently burning a bright hole in your dark soul. What could possibly go wrong? Indeed. How are you, Karen? I'm fantastic. How are you, Greg? I'm good, Karen. Good. You excited about this one? I bet you are. I am. This is right up your alley. I like to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? Who doesn't? So what topic are we covering today, Karen? Well, today we have two guests with us. We have Kristen Kraft and Mayalu Banatwala. They are the sole owners of Rock Tales, an amped up spin on mixology. And get this, Greg. They're authors, musicians, mixologists, teachers, and entrepreneurs. And today they're here to talk all about rocking the cocktails. They need another job. They only got five jobs. (laughs) Slackers. (laughs) They should be podcasters. Yeah. Well, maybe they will after this. I know. We're going to hook them. (laughs) We're going to hook them good. So welcome, Kristen and Maya. Hi. Hello. How are you guys? Wonderful. We're great. Great. They're so excited to be on this podcast with us. I just know it. Really? <laughs> Super pumped. <laughs> so before we talk to you about drinks and things like that, we're going to just get some background information. So are you ready? I'm going to start with an easy one. Where did you two meet? We met at a very busy mix, mixology bar. And um, we basically, we worked side by side for several years and at this bar, we were, we had the liberty to make cocktail menus and completely make them our own and make the, the theme. And we noticed that we continued to make our theme music related. And, and the cool thing about this, this um, mixology bar as well is they, they focused on history. So it was basically craft cocktail bar where you were um, able to express or kind of teach your customers the history of these these cocktails, these, you know, an old fashioned, a Manhattan, et cetera, et cetera. So when we made our drink menus as the featured bartender or mixologist for the week, that's what Maya was talking about, like our theme. So we had five cocktails. We're not just going to make five random cocktails. Let's theme them. So our themes were always about music or a, a musical artist or song lyrics or even dances, um, just anything that had to do with music. So each cocktail was curated, lovingly inspired by music. So you just happened to get jobs at the same bar. Yeah, 
Well, we're actually both musicians. So we originally met each other just through the music scene. Uh, both of our bands have played together several times. So it just made sense that uh, we kept making cocktails and we want to talk about the the history, the, the, the base of that craft cocktail and just throw in some music history as well. Yeah. A lot of bartenders at that the bar where we worked side by side. I mean, our stations were right next to each other too. I mean, I think we chose it that way. We chose it that way. We made sure because we worked really well together next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of the bartenders there were actually also musicians. So it was just kind of a a really cool place. It was an awesome environment. Yeah. Yeah. Where where we could kind of all be musicians together and um, also have a, a reverence for cocktails mixology yeah yeah creating creating being artists actually being you know we're all musicians we're all you know like erica badu says i'm an artist and i'm sensitive about my shit well that's the same thing that's how we feel you know about our music about our cocktails and we were absolutely in good company there did you always try to tie them to like a cincinnati music history we should say they they are from cincinnati and currently are in cincinnati yes we didn't always connect it to cincinnati although we definitely we love this music scene so Mm -hmm. we definitely had some some cocktails that were inspired by cincinnati musicians yeah i mean our we started way way more broad like the the whole um idea to kind of hone in cincinnati cocktails was to kind of grab our local audience, you know, our our local audience and educate the people that are right here in our own neighborhoods, just, you know, 10 miles away, just educate people so that they understand how rich in music our area is. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet a lot of people in Cincinnati did not know that James Brown recorded her, right? I mean, yeah, more than recorded. I mean, Lonnie Mack, I'm sure people have heard of Lonnie Mack, but they don't know how like local he is, right? Absolutely. Correct. And they need to know. That's why we're here. <laughs> I was a music major, by the way, in college. The same. Oh, what? Yes. School? I played my share of bars around Northern okay. Kentucky and things. Where did you go to college? <laughs> Miami University. Okay. Oh, okay. My, my sister graduated from Miami. I'm a drummer. I am not a musician, so I'm a groupie. <laughs> I just follow all the musicians around. <laughs> all part of it, right? Yeah. There's that as yeah. well. You guys need an audience. So yeah. that, that's me. Always. <laughs> one, of, one of my bandmates wrote a song called Come to My Show. I love it so much. It's like the cutest thing. Okay, so I have a, a unique question here. Who are your taste testers? Was it the patrons at the bar? Were you the big winner? Like they said, okay, this week it's Kristen's week. You come up with one drink per day and then you just kind of you just guessed or did you taste each other's cocktails and say, oh, this is good or no, ooh, don't, don't yes. do that. <laughs> Bartender rotated um, their, their menu, but being able to be so creative behind the bar and learn all that history and have so many different ingredients behind there, we're, you're just constantly making new drinks. Yeah. And like, there's more product coming in and we were, we went to lots of breweries and distilleries and there was constant learning and different tastings and everything. So it wasn't necessarily like we sat down and we're like, okay, at least not for me where I'm going to make this whole cocktail menu. I was just making cocktails all the time yeah. and then being like, Oh, this is really good. Kristen, try this. Yes. Is, is this well-rounded? 
Absolutely. Same. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the way you describe the bar, just full of so many different unique ingredients and constant learning and workshops and classes to learn more. And you really, I, I think we both did just kind of rely on our, our coworkers and, um, you know, just tasting things and, you know, like, how do, what do you think about this? And just having constructive criticism. I think, I definitely have, I still have like in a desk drawer, just um, receipts, you know, when you like, you push like tape feed of the receipts, just like, oh, that was so good. Write it down, write it down, write it down. Just like books and stacks of cool. I have a box full yeah. of all my cocktail <laughs> recipes yeah. from like, yeah, ten, for, for like, cause I worked there for six years. So there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should talk about what is mixology? How would you define it well it's kind of like with most uh most crafts most most things that you're learning once you once you learn the foundation the rules you can break them all I mean there are certain rules like so there's the rule that you follow like the golden rule there's the one part sweet one part citrus one part booze right so like that's that's kind of like the ground rule right there okay so that's a good place to start writing that down Yes. Repeat that again, because I think that's where you would start. That's your baby step, right? If you're going to say, I'm going to make my own craft cocktail for my Halloween party this year, that's what they would do. Right. Mm -hmm. So repeat that slowly (laughs) and give an example of what each one would be. Okay. Like you said, one part sweet. What is that? So you could do um, one part sweet. All right, let's let's talk about a cocktail called the French seventy five. One part sweet. We're doing sugar, right? One part like sour. We're doing lemon, and then booze, and then there's gin in that, and then you're adding some champagne to it. So you know, it kind of expands that. It's a little sweet there. So yeah. so you've got your one part sweet, which is your sugar cube. Your one part citrus which, which doesn't is. have to be sweet right it sounds like citrus is well, right. sweet. so sweet so you want to have an element of sweet so sometimes the sweet might be a sugar cube sometimes the sweet might be simple syrup sometimes the sweet might be a sweet vermouth or an amaro sometimes it might be like an aperitif like aperol which is still kind of bitter but there's a sweetness to it yeah and when you say one part, are they equal parts or those Not are necessarily, okay, no. no, those are just kind of your starting points. Like you want to, if your basic mixology and you're, you're new and you don't have all your training, you mess around with that first. Yeah. But I will yeah. tell you, we start a lot of times when we start, if we know that we're making a, a cocktail, that's not like uh, a Matt Manhattan style or not an old fashioned style. If we're making like a, just like a, a, a cocktail for an event or something, we'll start with a half ounce of a simple syrup, a half ounce of lime, lemon, or grapefruit juice, and then an ounce and a half of booze. That's okay. the base. For your listeners, like if you want to experiment, that's a really great way to say, okay, I'm going to make this cool. I'm going to make a vanilla simple syrup. I'm going to make a vanilla simple syrup and I'm going to do half ounce of vanilla and um, and then a half ounce of, of lemon and, and then uh, one and a half ounces of like bourbon. bourbon. You, know? <laughs> you do. You guys can read each other's minds. <laughs> it's kind of weird. They just, they just looked at each other and said bourbon. <laughs> so, they know. 
<laughs> okay, that's great. So that's the that's the basics. And then you said from there, yeah, as you learn, those so rules I, are made to be broken, and you kind of experiment with different tastes or and embellish all that. On it. Embellish on it. I let her amp it up. Oh, oh yes, nice. So like I would add some bitters to that. So yeah, like, I would add, add some bitters or like a bitter liqueur. You yeah, know? a bitters or a bitter liqueur. Then you can you can experiment with okay, do like you a want- Campari. Yeah, oh, why not? I do not like Campari. <laughs> you know what though? If you but so that's the thing that a lot of people are they get turned off by. You know, I don't like Campari. Well, that's probably because you took a big old gulp of it one time and you're like, ugh. There was too much in a mixed drink. We did. Yeah. Yes. But, but yeah. if you you know if you're not if you're not if you don't want a Negroni, which is a Campari based cocktail, there's Boulevardier. Yes. Yeah, which is nice because you know you can do rye or bourbon, but preferably rye. But going back to the, uh, you know, half ounce of honey or wait, half ounce of vanilla is what we said, a half ounce of of lemon, lemon, one and a half of bourbon. So say we did want to add like, like a Campari to that. We could totally do that. We could add a fourth of an ounce of Campari to it. Right. And then we could top it with an IPA. Think about that. So like, I know you like beer, Greg, right? Yes, yes, I I do. I could feel an IPA on that. Like, Oh yeah, absolutely. The flavor profile is right there. Yeah. Because, because the IPA, the bitterness of the IPA and the bitterness of the Campari are going to kind of, they're going to kind of really marry well together, but then it's going to be brightened up with the lemon juice. Right. Yeah. And and depending on the IPA, it might complement the citrus. Exactly. Yeah. See, see, this is where we're going. It's so much fun. And so you, you start with the start with the small, and then you start embellishing, and then you get that sweetness, and it's a little mm. bit more full and rounded. So you have basically a base of the what you talked about your your base, and then you kind of add whatever you think would taste good, and see if it tastes good. Basically, right? So many. There's so many different ways to go about it, and well, one of the reasons I got so into mixology is because I love to cook. So I feel like having, you know, a little bit of cooking knowledge is helpful but, or, or not. I mean, everybody can learn all the time at their own pace the first time. Yeah. I mean, cooking is like also if you're a baker, you might also really like this because uh, it is also it's creative, but there's also an element of chemistry to it. So there's an element of f- formulas and and kind of putting things in places like a Manhattan style. So you could take those elements of what we just said, the vanilla simple, the lemon and the bourbon, and you could put those in all these different categories. If you're, if you're a category scientific type of person, you could put it in a Manhattan category and figure out, okay, how am I going to get that sweet, that lemon and the bourbon without making it like a shaken cocktail or maybe or, change it to orange or change it to orange. Yeah. So, I mean, so you could, or you could change that. one thing at a time and see what you like and right. then exactly. change something. You at- can make it a daisy style or you can make it a flip or an, a sour, you know, with adding an egg white or adding a full egg or, you know, there's so many different variations that you could do with just that one little example that we gave you vanilla, lemon, bourbon. It is very scientific. Yeah. It's very chemistry driven. I can see where you'd have to write it down or Mm -hmm. if you forget, especially after you drank it. Oh, this is fantastic. And then you don't remember, you don't remember what you did. Uh, There was plenty nights where Mm. we were um, behind the bar where I was like, that was amazing. What What was the hell did I put in that? (laughs) (laughs) Work backwards. (laughs) 
<laughs> so did, did you guys go to like bartending schools and things like that or no 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 Mm-mm. self-taught <laughs> more or less <laughs> yeah i mean i started i i lived in new york for 10 years and i i went to school for music theater and that's kind of what i thought i was going to do and i you know it was pounding the pavement and doing like the nine million auditions a day and then yeah. i'm an it guy but i was yeah. a music major <laughs> yeah so putting yourself through it was just like the, the most money that you could make right and putting yourself through starting as a i started as a singing waiter and then you know kind of watched the bar and just kind of elevated just by being in the environment is the best way to learn i started bartending because <laughs> i wouldn't i wanted an excuse to have an open mic that this place had a really had just gotten a new pa that i really liked and i really wanted to use it so i got a job there and was it sh- nice and shiny shiny yeah. and new <laughs> Yeah. And so I started with lots of lights, lights. lots of LED lights that went up and down. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to play music. I was like five people could come or 50. All I know is I get to play my instrument and be social. And I like being social. (laughs) That's awesome. That helps being a bartender. The whole reason why we're both bartenders revolves around music. I mean, it's easier to be a bartender and still gig out because you're not, you know, you can get shifts covered or you can audition and work all day long and then go and then work more at night. Exactly. <laughs> you awesome. can just work 18 hours a day and you're good. <laughs> or you're crazy. The life of a musician. <laughs> Before we get into all the music and stuff, we were talking about, and this is how um, basic I want you to get with us because our listeners, we, we combine cocktails. Our, our with, listener, Karen. Yes. Listener. We always say listener um, <laughs> combines cocktails while we're watching movies. So basically we're enjoying a cocktail while we watch a movie. So you for instance, we watched Friday the 13th, right. And we had drank a Friday the 13th cocktail, which was very Campari heavy and oh. we both hated it. <laughs> oh, so Camp you, Crystal how Lake. did you find oh, that? Camp Crystal Lake? Yeah. We just, Search the inter- interwebs. What did, you do, what did you drink? What was in it? That's all we remember is Campari. <laughs> no, I can, if if only I had all that saved. Oh, but, well, okay. So like, <laughs> Hang on. how, I can get how it. do you make a simple syrup? So if you were going to make a vanilla simple syrup, how would you do it? Well, you'd want to take uh, one part water, one part sugar, and then throw a couple of vanilla beans in there. And when I say one part, one part, I'm saying, let's say one cup water, one cup sugar. You'd first put your your sugar in there. You would stir it kind of slowly at a pretty high boil until it kind of, uh, until it boils off a little bit. It should be clear. Exactly. It should be clear and, and then, you want to put your, yeah. do you start with the middle? So I would, I, the way I do it. Yes. I would, I boil, the, I boil. No, I'm doing just what you did. I, you. I boil, <laughs> boil the water, equal parts, water and sugar, uh, bring it to a, a, a rolling boil. And then by that time it should have clarified. So it'll be clear at that point. Then you put in your vanilla beans, turn down to like medium to yeah, low to heat, like medium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somewhere. And then let it simmer. Let it simmer. And then just kind of try it for a little while. I mean, I like for like 10 minutes, half an hour. What it's like the intensity of any kind of um like tea. Yeah, like tea. Yeah. The longer you seep it, 
the more strong it's going to be. So I, I tend to do it for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, or if I, or if I really want it intense, I might sit there at the, at the stove for like 30 or 45 minutes. Yeah. I think know? it just depends. So on anything you can steep, you can make into a simple syrup. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I just made a hibiscus ginger simple last week and that was really fun and it's beautiful color so pretty it was beautiful in our first cocktail in our um cincinnati rocktails book is the james brown cocktail and we did a caramel popcorn simple syrup where we actually boiled caramel popcorn into the syrup and strained it so that was that was kind of fun. Like you can you can we did in our first book we did uh, I think red hots like a red hot simple syrup. We did a red hot simple syrup. Like we just did hot. yeah. Well, we didn't do a simple oh. syrup, but we just put um, candy corn in vodka. Yeah, infused vodka with candy <laughs> infused, corn. Yeah. I've heard yes. that. Was it? I've never done that. Was that good? It's sweet. You know, <laughs> I like I like candy corn. We both though, like so. candy corn, so you know, but yeah, so anything you can steep, you can make simple syrup from. That is correct. Okay, cool. Okay, so the Camp Crystal Lake cocktail was one ounce Campari, two ounces of sparkling wine. Oh, that's no, it? No, no, no. Pretty I mean, much that's it. But then you made a a blood mixture of honey and red food coloring and kind of rimmed the glass with it. Oh, I see. Uh. So you are the authors of Rock Tales and Amped Up Spin on Mixology, Cincinnati. Right. I have the volume one book. Karen has two books. Well, the other one I have is the older one. You Oh, is that the older one? Yeah. Okay. And actually. And and we are, I know I'm really mad about my, this. Mine is signed. <laughs> mine is not. <laughs> I know. So when I happen? see you, you will sign my book. <laughs> I, will. I like that. So in your book, there's there's one musician in this book that I feel like I kind of have a personal relationship with. Okay. And that would be H-Bomb Ferguson. Oh, yeah. H-Bomb. Millions of years ago, I lived in Clifton. <laughs> okay. And we used to go to Corey's. Me and my room, roommates used to go to Corey's at, at least once probably twice a week, right? We always saw H-Bomb Ferguson, Big Ed Thompson, and I d- I've seen Pygmy too, Jared. Oh, cool. Yes. Richie and the students, all that kind of stuff. So H-Bomb, you have a drink in here called the H-Bomb. We do. So do you meet the musicians? Have you met him? Do you talk to him? Or are you inspired by him when you make your cocktail? Inspired by. Okay. Yeah. Um, H-Bomb is past. So I know a lot of people such as you, Greg, have been able to hang out with him or peripherally even just be at the same, same room with him or uh, I don't know, maybe out on the street. I I think I've actually strummed uh, Big Ed's guitar because he would just walk around and pull chords with his wireless guitar and put it up to people sitting around the bar and they'd like strum and he'd go. (laughs) (laughs) So cool. Yeah, I mean, to me, this was this was inspiration of kind of a music legend that I only heard about, you know, like, I don't know, did did you ever get to see H-Bomb? Um, uh, I'm old. I <laughs> They're making you feel old right oh. now. <laughs> Would never. Um, no, I, I, I used to listen, like it used to be on the, the Comet jukebox in Northside. 
And I used to listen to H bomb all the time on that. But you know, just well, why don't you talk about him, Greg? Was he blues? What is he? He was a character. Definitely. <laughs> he always wore like weird wigs. Yes. And glasses. He was like missing. He had like a, one finger was a, a nub. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> and he played as a piano player, which you think that might affect his piano playing, but no, he was really good. Right. And he had like, didn't he, he had like a electric, like a infamous electric keyboard that he would kind of take around with him. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we had to put H bomb in our book. We had to, because we have so many musician friends that speak lovingly about him and his quirkiness and his wigs and his music and the people that surrounded him and that whole vibe, that whole like Corey's vibe, definitely. That was great. (laughs) And his drink is, his drink is tall and kind of loud and (laughs) in charge and it's strong because it has vodka and an Amaro and it has um, a grapefruit beer, the Stiegel Rattler. And of course, a big orange slice because we wanted to, you know, have his hair, have his hair fluff up. <laughs> <laughs> a big round orange. Yeah. He wore a rainbow wig a lot too. I've seen so many cool wigs, like blue, like bird wigs and like, oh wait, no, the blue one was like the... Like the page boy, kind of like blue page boy cut or something like that. <laughs> so again, all of this is from their book, Rock Tales, an Amped Up Spin on Mixology, which we will put a link in our show notes to. To your website. I'll put it to your website. Yes, please. And actually a kind of sad note about H-Bomb and Corey's and what became the Mad Frog, right? I just read in the paper like yesterday oh. that mm-hmm. they're tearing it down. Yeah. It is gone. It's, it's- gone? Oh, yeah, it was demolished over the weekend. Yeah, yep, it's gone. Aww. It's going to be Uptown Reynolds. Of course, oh, it, of course is. it is. 60 million housing development, Karen. That's <laughs> a bummer. I'm going to miss that neon whiskey sign on the corner there. <laughs> Even I went to Corey's. <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to move in there. Where are they going to go? That's fun. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's different. I Canera. went back there. Canera. <laughs> Recently for something. I'm like, I didn't even recognize Clifton. It's completely different. Oh, it's, yeah, it's not the hole in the wall bars that we remember. That's for sure. I I like to stay in Northside because nothing changes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. All right. So is there any other musical thing you want to do, Greg? Not at the moment. I just had to bring up H-Bomb and Corey's. (laughs) So I will ask you this. So you said you're inspired by the music when you come up with the drinks. Did you, because they're all Cincinnati artists in your book, did you- Or artists that recorded here or whatever. Yes. Have a connection. connection. Did you Google it or did you just talk to friends or how did you come up with the artists? We even talked about Hank Williams, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, All of the above. Yeah, we we read lots of articles. We talked to people that we knew in the community. Um, I grew up in the recording industry here in Cincinnati, specifically. My my dad worked at the fraternity label at Counterpart Studios. So I grew up with this wealth of knowledge. And every time we would drive past King Records, you know, on the highway, my dad would point it out, make sure that I know the historical reference. And that's um, where James so, Brown recorded, right? Yes, it was. It's a, it's a big deal. It's always been a big deal. So I actually the only person in this book really maybe that I did meet, I did meet Rusty York, who we were going to talk about today. But I did meet Rusty York. He had um, 
his recording studio was in Mount Healthy, where you know your family lives. So, but yes, we're we're since we're all musicians, we have plenty of friends that didn't know a lot of these people or knew of them, or it's just important. Yes, yeah, so daughter it- is named after Nina Simone, who is in our art in our book, and she was probably she was the last. She's the reason why we have thirty one artists and not thirty. Because we found out at like two o'clock in the morning, right before we were about to send this out to the editor, that she had a Cincinnati connection and it blew our minds and made me so happy. (laughs) Kristen's connection to Cincinnati and the history and her background is like really incredible. So it's really awesome to work with her on all of this. (laughs) Okay, so there's your segue. Who were you going to talk about today? Well, we were going to talk about from our book. Yes. So to explain the format of your book, what, what do you do in the book? Do you have, you have a brief bio of the artist and then, or what the Cincinnati connection is or what, explain the way you set up your book and then talk about who you wanted to talk about. So we start with a, an illustration by a local artist, uh, by the name of Dylan Spieg. And he was also um, one of my bandmates and he's amazing. And he, so we start with that and then we have the, their history. We have a brief history of how they began and how they evolved. And we like to put in some fun facts in there. And then at the bottom of the second page, there is a Cincinnati. We tell you what their Cincinnati connection is and then of course, the cocktail that's inspired by something about them or their history or their music. And we explain exactly how you make that cocktail as well. And it has a picture of the cocktail. And it has a picture of the cocktail. So you know what it, what it should look like. Yeah. And it's a really cool, graphically styled book. It really is and eye-catching. I, and I would love to shout out the, the artist who designed our book. Her name is Jenny Jenkins Moore. Um, and she, she goes by renegade babe and she, she and Dylan made our book look just absolutely stunning. And, and Angie Lipscomb also did the photography. We should uh, definitely, she made our cocktails look beautiful. So yeah, the, the book itself is just, I love it. I mean, it's just a great, <laughs> that's a good thing that you love yeah. your own book. Yes. <laughs> it's beautiful. And we worked with some amazing people to bring this to fruition. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you pick one of the artists and tell us about them? Okay, cool. So we'll, we'll, I guess we'll start with Rusty York. He's the, one of the cocktails that we actually wanted to talk about because it's kind of like a fall autumn inspired cocktail. And as we were saying before, he's the only person in the book, I think, I'm not sure, but I might've met other people, but that one of us has actually talked to, met, been in the same room with. So Rusty York. So Rusty was, he was um, born in Kentucky and he moved to the downtown OTR when he was about 17. His born name, his given name was Charles Edward York. The way he achieved his stage name was his sister gifted him a guitar. And on that guitar, it was scratched, just kind of scrawled in there, rusty. Like that was the name of the guitar. And that's where his stage name came from, Rusty York. He played bluegrass music to the point where he he loved rock and roll and 
And it led him to this rockabilly sound. And I, I love this because, you know, we have a rich bluegrass history and rock and roll history in Cincinnati. So him combining that, which is very common in Cincinnati, was a beautiful theme. Um, he recorded his big hit, Sugary, at Keen Records. And eventually he created Jewel Records, another Cincinnati-based record company. And it operated right until the early 2000s. So it was it was prevalent for a long time. He was actually got into the Rockabilly Hall of Fame in 1998, which is in Tennessee. Awesome. Makes sense. <laughs> so you named the cocktail after his hit record. Sugary. Yes. yes. And we also have fun quotes, actually, for each artist. And um, Rusty's quote at the beginning was by his wife. He could have told people that he could play any tune in any style, but he never bragged about it. He just did it. Nice. You know, I think that's super sweet. And what I do remember of him, he was my my dad had a, you know, somewhat business relationship with him. I do remember him being very humble and quiet. (laughs) I do remember walking into the studio and and just kind of feeling at home. It's interesting that a lot of artists seem to be very quiet and reserved and then they get out on stage and bam, it's a whole different personality. Are you guys like that? I am. (laughs) I am. I'm, I definitely, I'm a social person and love to be on stage and in front of people, but I also really love to be home and quiet (laughs) with my little dogs. Like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I, I explain myself as an introverted, introverted extrovert. extrovert. <laughs> and there's a reason why I love to perform and be behind a bar and be on a stage, be in the front of a classroom, because there's a barrier between me and the rest of the world. If I'm at a party or, or I don't know, I, I really like to have a task. <laughs> like I, that I like even a family event, you know, if I'm at a family event or something, I will always be in the kitchen, um, like making the drinks or go figure or providing, doing the dishes yeah, or making, like, providing a service or entertainment or just being useful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you can put, put on a persona as well. Like there's a certain amount of you go on stage and you can just become a a person. Oh, and um, we love costumes. I love costumes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And one of my band's themes every show um, to a costume, like, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we're doing Blink soon. So we are going to be lit up. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Talk right? about LED lights, Greg. There you go. <laughs> okay. So tell us about the drink that you did for Rusty York. Because it's a nice fall cocktail, and if anybody wants to follow along, they can write it down while you talk. So tell them what it is and how to make it. So real quick, we like to include local spirits and distilleries, you know, uh, breweries. So we included two ounces of New Rift Bourbon, which is located in Newport, Kentucky, just right across the bridge. And then we did half an ounce of Allspice Dram, which is this awesome liqueur. What's a dram? Tell what it's okay. Just, okay all right. we're gonna- <laughs> See, you gotta go real basic. Okay. So we 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 did the, the bourbon and then allspice dram. So basically the allspice dram, the it's a liqueur that's been made by infusing pot stilled Jamaican rum with pimento berries. 
And people actually think that allspice is a mixture of spices blended together, but it's really just the dried berries of the pimento tree, which is native to the Gulf of Mexico or the like Caribbean areas. So if you think about like, uh, like jerk, like jerk dishes, you know, like that's that kind of spice or, or Mexican mole sauce. So allspice is, um, it's a prevalent layer that you'll note in all of those kind of jerk, you know, seasonings and mole seasonings. Um, it was originally called pimento by the natives of the Gulf and the Caribbean, but in the 1500s, when the British explorers discovered it for themselves, <laughs> decided they decided it was like cinnamon, clove, and nutmeg all rolled into one. So they called it allspice. Mm. So it's kind of like the, you know, like the white people version is like all spice. Can I, say that? I mean, yes. <laughs> so like, you can, like, you can purchase this in a store. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. It'll be either all spice dram or pimento. Mm-hmm. Pimento dram. Yeah. And also just to, to note, like the dram was also used in a lot of tiki cocktails, obviously because of its history. Right. Yes. So um, it's to be used in small, very careful amounts. You don't need a bunch of it. You know, that's why we have just a half ounce of it. Is it because it's spicy? It's intense. It's It's an intense flavor. You want it to balance out with the rest of the ingredients. Mm -hmm. Or else it'll it'll overpower. Also, it'll like, have you ever, you just put like cinnamon or nutmeg on your tongue? It like. No, we did not do the cinnamon challenge. (laughs) (laughs) it, it, it just, it, yeah, it burns. It burns. Yeah. 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 Just... I mean, if you haven't taken a nutmeg and grated it on your tongue, then I mean, you're I not living. You're not living. <laughs> <laughs> a little risk. A little Write that down, Greg. We got to do oh, yeah. that. I'm going to do that okay. tonight. Okay. <laughs> so we have the new Riff Bourbon, the All Spice Jam. And then, and then we have a vanilla simple syrup, which we kind of got into earlier. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we also have a seasonal beer called the mad tree rubus cacao as much as we love to do the distilleries you know mad tree is a local brewery and then we ground nutmeg on top <laughs> but mad then, trees they've they've spread out quite a bit you know? absolutely and actually i know you can get it as far as boston now i think yeah they're i mean they're continuously growing which is yeah. super cool yeah. um and, and actually the the beer that is in our book the cacao is seasonal and not always available. So we thought up some other options for your listeners that if they did want to um, make this cocktail, they could use also a local, a couple of different local ideas we had were the mad tree pumpkin. So the pumpkin ale would be really, really great with that. Um, It has cinnamon, nutmeg, and molasses. And then there's the s'more gratitude, which is a stout it's got lots of chocolate, vanilla notes to it. It's really rich, kind of deep. Yeah. Is that is that a mad tree as well or no? Correct. Yeah. So okay. actually, we, and we can tell you exactly, I think, when they come out. So the... Probably small, comes out in July. October. <laughs> <laughs> no. I wonder if the pumpkin. <laughs> right in the middle of the summer, correct? <laughs> one does come out. One comes out in October. That says October. One comes out. I think they both come out in October. They both, they come, both come out, out in, in October. October. Well, good for them. They're not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. like Mad Tree. Yes. Thank great. you, Greg. So how do you finish making the drink? 
Okay. So basically, you know, <laughs> when we were talking about before, how you make it. Oh, know, uh, we didn't add. There's also pumpkin seeds that sit on top of a dried lemon. Do you uh, roast them yeah. first or just put them on top? No, we do the pepitas. So we do the raw um, pumpkin seeds and then we dry a lemon, which you can do. You can put in dehydrator. You want to do that for overnight. And then you've got a nice dried lemon to pop on top of your cocktail. And that adds flavor. Absolutely. Lemon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause when you put it in, so the cool thing about dehydrating, we've been doing a lot of dehydrating lately because we're, we we've were been making, doing a lot of dehydrating. Yeah. Lately. Making the, the <laughs> cocktail infusion kits and we have a giant. Oh yeah. Yeah. For this weekend, we have to have do so you, much. Do you product. have the Ronco food dehydrator? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what that is. They probably don't. We're old. No, I'm no, sorry. I don't keep know. showing my age. We don't talk about ages and I keep showing it tonight. I know so. nothing about it, but I love to learn. So <laughs> <laughs> it would be like, it was just before cable, we had three channels and on late night TV, they would show things like a infomercials, food infomercials they for like a half them. hour, you know? Yeah. And one would be the Ronco, Ronco. food dehydrator. And it was like different Ronco. circular trays that you could stack up and how many, cause I want more oh, like yeah. a, a sh- shit ton. <laughs> we have about that what we need at least a shit ton Actually, in- I, need, I need a shit ton times 10 yes please can we just have a room of dehydrating okay. yeah just like close the door yes this is- yes exactly it's so sweet in my house right now because i'm dehydrating strawberries so you nice. walk in like wow okay <laughs> Okay. So yeah. Okay. So this is how you make this cocktail. It's actually, <laughs> actually not scary at all. You just, you just, you put your, you put your two ounces of bourbon, your um, half an ounce of allspice dram and a half ounce of vanilla syrup in a mixing glass. You shake it with ice and then you strain it over a stemless glass into not over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't need any ice in your glass just a glass. You put that concoction in, then you top it with the beer. And then you sprinkle grated nutmeg on it and you float your seeds atop a dried lemon wheel. And you've got yourself some rockabilly gold. Nice. So, so let's talk about recipes for a minute and wording of recipes. Wait, before we go to there. <laughs> so you're floating this lemon piece on your drink, which is adding a little bit of citrus in there. Mm-hmm. What are the pumpkin seeds? Do you want them to fall into the drink or are they garnish or what? what's the pumpkin it's seed doing? Presentation. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of presentation, but also it's a nice little snack that goes along with awesome. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, Greg, ask your question now. So what was the one we just did, Karen? The dark and stormy, right? And I think the instruction said top with mm-hmm. ginger beer. Is that right, Karen? Yes. Or no? Am uh, yeah. I right? Or I'm talking about the right thing. So does that mean floated on top? It would mean fill to the top. So like with okay. a dark and stormy, you fill your glass with ice and then you put your rum and your, you know, your ginger and your lime. And then, you you know, you shake that and you put it over the ice and then you top it with the ginger beer. So it so mixes that, together. It's not like dark and stormy, like dark at the bottom. Always, actually, it does depend on the cocktail. Sometimes it would. You could make it, you know, the colors change a little bit if you it very slowly <laughs> okay 
certain liquors are heavier than others and yeah so and then we before that we did a candy corn cocktail because we did children of the corn but that did work yours didn't because i misunderstood because it says sounds like a classic cocktail place a spoon (laughs) backside up against the inside and and pour slowly and i thought it was supposed to float on top but karen says it was supposed to sink to the bottom Whatever it was. What was it? What was the cocktail? Okay, so the candy, there's, I'm sure there's a, well, we know there's a lot of recipes for candy corn cocktails, right? So many out there. It's like, so we're, um, (laughs) so first we had the uh, candy corn infused vodka, right? Okay. Which is orange. Yeah. So in the glass, it's going to look like the first thing you do is put in orange juice in the martini glass. Then, you pour over the spoon the infused candy corn vodka, and then you top with whipped cream. But I thought we we're supposed to try to float it, but there ain't no way it was floating. It was sinking. I don't know why they wanted to <laughs> Because it made so, a candy corn. So it was light orange, dark orange, and white, or whatever well, candy corn is. Well, so, it depends if it floats. Does that, do you put that float? Or would it drop? I mean, it, the sugar would normally be heavy. So yeah, the vodka went to the bottom yeah. of the orange juice. It just says it, this will create a layered effect. It didn't say floated on top. It did not create a layered effect, right? You don't have to, you wouldn't have to use the spoon for that. You could just have poured it. Right, in. that's what I thought. If you wanted well, it to go to the bottom, that's where it's going to go. On the side. You right. would, yeah, you'd pour it slowly, like real, like flushed up against the side of the, the yeah. cup. They just wanted Bye. you to take care. That's all they wanted you to take care. Yes, they were holding well, our. I hand. ended up spilling it all over my bar, so. <laughs> but it worked yeah. fine because I was me. trying to float it on top. I wasn't thinking about it sinking to the bottom. Right. Whatever. Greg just wants you to tell him he was right. Yeah, so go ahead and tell him. Right. <laughs> tell him he was right. You just didn't. Tell need me the, oh, they Greg. worded that wrong. Yeah. Greg, yeah. you didn't need that, that spoon. spoon. <laughs> See, there you go. Now you feel better, Greg. I now let. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about some, it's fall, if you're listening soon, and so it's a good time for fall drinks, and you said you had some fall kind of ingredients or recipes, what do you have? You were talking about cider, what what do you, you want to educate us on apple cider, or all ciders, or? I'm a home brewer as well, just so you know, and I'm thinking of making a hard cider, but it's getting a oh, little wow. late. I want it to be done by Halloween, but I don't think I have time now. Interesting. But- <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. That means good luck with that, Greg. I know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'll have it. I'll have it for Thanksgiving. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll do it. Well, actually, you know what? I think you're going to enjoy what we have prepared for you because you will find out that cider is not just for fall october whatever it's not my first time making i've made it before but yeah you definitely should enjoy it through the entire fall and winter season excellent so it won't last that long Kristen. (laughs) i'm sorry thanksgiving (laughs) and you have to stop with everything pumpkin yes no (laughs) oh my goodness my daughter loves pumpkin everything so much pumpkin 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 all the pumpkin things So tell us all about cider. Okay. So the cool thing about mold cider is that it comes from actually from a earthy and ritualistic origin. Um, Yes. That's what we want. I know. (laughs) I know. Right. 
So it's been used to celebrate the coming of colder months for hundreds of years. Like Samhain. Um, like what? Samhain. Mm, yes. Um, so anyway, uh, so we really like this story of, of this drink. Um, the actual origin of it is called the wassail. Um, the wassail drink. So the wassail drink was made from roasted apples and um, likely originated in Southwest England. Uh, the drink was a favorite at the wassail night festivities, which are kind of a dark and also full of fall expectation, pagan rituals and superstitions that linger weeks after wassail night all the way into the new year, which is why mold cider is perfect for fall and winter. See? Make your cider now. It's not too late. It's not no, too late. No, it's never too late. I mean. Never too late. <laughs> <laughs> so we love the story of the Wassail Bowl. And since it's fall and we're on the Scary Spirits podcast, we would love to talk to you about the autumn pagan ritual of the Wassail oh, Bowl. I'm all in already. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's got his pencil and his paper That's ready right. to go. Okay. So I, what- I'm the Halloween house in the <laughs> so- neighborhood. So, you know. <laughs> So let's go to England where people (laughs) would get together for like big fall festivals and they would get together in these local orchards and every region would have their own version of of this ritual. And so they'd, they raised quite a ruckus by banging pots and pans and singing loud songs to ward off evil spirits or forces that might bring harm to their fruit trees and crops. So this event would almost always, even depending on the region, it doesn't matter kind of where they were, the ritual would basically be the same. And it would begin with this torchlight procession and they would proceed around the orchard with the crowd banging their pots and their pans and they chanted songs and there would be a wassail king and a wassail queen and they would be adorned with all kinds of fruits and vegetables just covered in fruits and vegetables oh and there was a master of ceremonies who always dressed all in black and they called the that person the butler but i love this it's interesting enough you couldn't see the identity so it could either be a man or a woman so the butler would call the crowd to gather around the largest tree in the orchard This huge tree would have 12 small bonfires burning around it. And each one of those bonfires represented one of the 12 zodiac signs. And in one specific town, there was was actually a 13th bonfire that was placed. That wasn't typical. That was just in this one town. um, And it was extinguished by stomping it out as soon as it was lit. (laughs) <laughs> because it was called the Judas fire. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, so the butler would lead the congregation in songs to please the apple goddess uh, named Pomona, and she would grant them a healthy harvest. And there were also um, children were allowed at this festival, um, and they would find the smallest boy, and he was known as, and you might have heard this, and poetry or songs or I don't know Dickens or whatever the Tom Tit he was the (laughs) the smallest boy and they would hold him up really high so that he could take bread that was soaked in cider and he would kind of shove it onto all of the branches like bread slices on the branches of the trees of the apple trees and that was for good luck Hmm. okay just on a positive note uh nothing bad 
ever like will come to this harvest, the evil spirits have need to be completely banished. Shots are fired to rid all the land of any remaining, you know, bad malicious energy. Um, yeah. So that was kind of like kind of the end of the ritual, right? So they made sure everything was definitely rid of any evil spirits by the bang, the, the shot of the gun. And then once all of this has been done, the wassail bowl is passed and each person drinks from the wassail bowl and they yell wassail or drink hail. Um, and if somebody said that to you and passed you the bowl, you would take a drink and you would respond with good health or cheers. So what we love about this is, I mean, what's not to love about this? I, know, <laughs> I mean, there's so many things to love, <laughs> but try to narrow it down. What do you love about it? <laughs> so aside from it being a cool tradition, you know, including Zodiac signs, which I think is yes. awesome. Who doesn't love a big fire? <laughs> I love fire. People dressed up in fruit. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. That's what I do on the weekends. Um, <laughs> yeah. Apples. Uh, so, but I really love, we both love this because it's a chance for the community to get together and kind of, you know, share in with like a good spirit, a good blessing, you know, cause food rules everything. Right. So especially then. Yeah. Yes. We also would like to tell you a little bit, just kind of specifically about the drink, right? Mm-hmm. So the drink was at, has a specific receptacle, 10 gallon silver or pewter bowl that was passed around. Um, that's at this uh, Wassel Festival, Wassel Night Festival. And right? what time of year is that? Is that in the fall? Is there a that is in the that is in the fall? Yes. Okay, it's a harvest of the apples then. Well, it's pre- yes, it's it's protecting. It's making sure that the harvest is that your harvest is is good. Yes. It's protecting yeah, those apples. good fruit and autumn, a good autumn fruit <laughs> harvest, but there's not a specific day. Is there wassail day? There is wassail nights, but, Wassel. but I mean, it dates back, you know, to like 1500s, even bef- you know, before Did the Christian steal it for something, you know, they did probably actually Romans <laughs> that actually the Romans began the whole mulling, the mulling process with wine was, was Romans basically stealing spices from all of, okay. All of the countries as they, as they stole countries, they stole the spices, which became the mulling, which became, you know, but anyway, so there's this huge, this huge bowl, but on a smaller scale um, in the 1800s. So this is kind of like the evolution. We kind of want to get into the evolution of where, where our cider comes. So it, it okay. started in these giant bowls at wassail night. And as we move forward, we're yeah, kind of getting gonna... into the wassailing like tradition as we entered winter. This is like the early 1800s set in like the English countryside. Women would travel from door to door in the 1800s. This is right around the Christmas season. They would offer this very light bowl of waffles (laughs) to their neighbors and friends and uh, carrying on with this tradition of singing accompanied with like the presentation of this bowl. The woman also sang songs a kind of caroling tradition was born. Right. So the actual caroling and that song, here we come a wassailing. That's, that's what this comes from. The the ladies bringing these bowls, these wassail bowls 
from you know door to door um portable style <laughs> yes greg, greg i think you would really like that women showing up at your door with a waffle a waffle bowl a waffle. <laughs> so absolutely here, here karen <laughs> So we have, so now we have kind of like the evolution, the actual, what was in the wassail? Yes. And let then, us know. Then, okay. So the original wassail. So the original wassail had mold wine and curdled cream as delicious as that sounds. Mm. Uh, roasted apples, <laughs> eggs, cloves, ginger, nutmeg, sugar. Yum, yum. Yeah. <laughs> Would you nice like and to- thick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Very eggnoggy. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. I had eggnog for the first time last Christmas and I loved it. Did you like it? I did. <laughs> did you put rum in it? Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do things around here. Okay. Just making sure. Did you, okay. put, did you put nutmeg on top? We did. Duh. Duh. <laughs> oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah, no, we did. We did. We, so uh, that's the best way. That is the best okay. Way. So today, a wassail bowl may hold warmed ale brewed with honey and apples and cider with the mulling spices that we talked about that the Romans stole from all the countries. Ah, gotcha. Uh, they asked politely for. They did not. So we have <laughs> ale, ale and cider mixed. Yeah, warmed ale brewed with honey and apples added to a cider that's been mulled. Basically, that's okay. what a wassail bowl, kind of a contemporary wassail bowl might be today which leads us to our modern mold cider that we love so much cider apple cider that you can find in you know your produce section and then you put some cinnamon some allspice some grated nutmeg some cloves or just like clove spice and then you'd add some brown sugar to kind of you know richen it up Mm -hmm. or a simple syrup i like vanilla simple syrup in it this is all about vanilla simple syrup today it is but i I do like to get weird and put cardamom oh so but cardamom yes and the like also maybe anise would be fun and they're like so you just float it in or do you put it in a little bag you've seen those mold spices they sell at the store that are in the bag you just throw it right in the cider there's no steeping throw it in stand on a stool and <laughs> with your big wooden spoon, <laughs> <laughs> your favorite chant with the big spoon, correct? And then you mull by it the pricking be- of my thumbs, something <laughs> wicked this way comes. <laughs> so you're simmering it, boil, toil, boil, and what is it? Yes, yes. Boil, boil, toil, and trouble. Yes. <laughs> so it's just simmering, boil, boil. right? Yeah, that's and then this is there. Oh, and and don't put your liquor in it because you're gonna burn it all off. Yeah. So and very important, people say it again. Important. Do not put your liquor in with your mold cider. It's gonna burn off. Also, you're being a nice person because sometimes people don't want to drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. As crazy as that sounds, (laughs) we don't invite those people. I get it. Maybe your kid. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you, and then what type of alcohol would you put in it? Ooh. Yeah. Spiced rum or bourbon. bourbon. I mean, okay. those are kind of the, our go-tos. That's what you do. And how, what mixture one to one, just put two ounces, just put two ounces of rum or bourbon in your mug and then fill it, fill up the 
I mean, well, I guess it depends on how big your mug is. I'm assuming just like <laughs> a regular cocktail, like two yeah, taste. Four ounces, yes. four ounces of cider to two ounces of booze. Yeah. If yeah. you, I mean, if you have like a 12 ounce, you know, glass, <laughs> then you're filling it up and then you're putting like, and you're two. putting four ounces of booze. <laughs> no. <laughs> Six ounces just of booze. do one Wait, at a time what? just one cocktail at a time people put your booze in then put your, <laughs> fill your cider yes yeah okay that's good advice that's good to know okay so now we all have a wassling uh recipe <laughs> for uh, eggs and coddled cream yes <laughs> i think i'll go with the uh updated version yeah <laughs> i don't miss a meal that doesn't have curdled cream. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not a recipe in your book, is it? That's just something oh, you do. We, just we do have another it. one. If you- That's just bonus for you, the listener here. So you have another cocktail for us. What do you got? <laughs> so we have the jive turkey. Awesome. Um, yeah. We were kind of thinking uh, this is another fall type of cocktail but also from our Cincinnati book. So it has, um, you know, Cincinnati roots, Ohio roots. The Ohio players. Absolutely. The Ohio players. So yeah, they're obviously, uh, you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> way, way back, back when. when I used to go to like stores, but we used to have stores called Kmart. <laughs> I remember <laughs> or whatever, or these stores. And they always had like a record section. Mm. And I always really liked the Ohio Players album covers. Ah, yes, you did. Uh-huh, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> what was was it? Naked women or something? What was it? Oh, it's some sexy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. They were actually they were. Why totally- would you go there, Karen? Immediately. They were absolutely known for their risque album covers. They pushed all the boundaries. They pushed all the buttons. <laughs> awesome yeah I could, right. I could spend the whole time while my mom was out shopping in another part of the store i'm just looking through the ohio player section mm. <laughs> <laughs> he probably still would i mean how like how many records did they actually put out though you're just flipping through He's the same, image, <laughs> the same image over and over. record one two, two. No, but you gotta flip it over yeah. look at the back you know read read the read notes. the liner notes <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> Right. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. As you do. It has good articles. It has good articles. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's what he was reading. He was reading. He was <laughs> looking at it for the liner notes. That's all. <laughs> okay. All right. Tell yes. us about the jive turkey. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ohio players, obviously, they're from Ohio, and they they kind of had a rotating cast of characters, people in and out constantly rotating in and out of the band. They still actually perform some of them today. They still do. But they're a party band from Dayton, Ohio, which is like 45 minutes away from Cincinnati. But a lot of their members were from also from Cincinnati, too. So, you know, there were people from all over the tri-state area, honestly. They, they, they would hustle to get like other band members to come and play. They remained relevant for, for so many years or worked really hard to remain relevant that's for sure because they just keep playing they're very hard working <laughs> party band yeah <laughs> they were known for their ridiculously cool horn section their flamboyant outfits and ding 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 you guessed it sexy images <laughs> on their album covers nice. it's, a, it's a good thing i'm here 
Yes. <laughs> you know, they just really liked to be attentive to women, yes. you know, yes. to the ladies. To the ladies. Ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the cocktail is called Jive Turkey and it is one of their hits. So we wanted to make this cocktail a little funky and strong. We used wild turkey rye, which is a very strong. strong. <laughs> okay, good. But, uh, it's a good start. Mm-hmm. So it's in your face. And then um, watershed Nochino black walnut liqueur. So again, another local spirit. Um, watershed is based out of Columbus. Columbus yeah. Um, and the Nochino black walnut liqueur is so delicious. Like I can drink it on the rocks with like I don't know, maybe like a lemon twist or something. I love it. it. So perfect. So rich in flavor and it's like in your face. Mm -hmm. So we thought it'd be really good Mm -hmm. in this cocktail. And there's a half an ounce of it because you really don't need that much funk. I mean, it's going to funk everything up. Funk it all up. (laughs) (laughs) We may want to funk it up. Yeah. You don't want too much funk though. Like you have to, you know, you you got to pace yourself, Greg. You got to pace your funk. You got to pace it. Yes. Sometimes the funk is too strong. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway, we add the two dashes of cardamom bitters to it. Oh, I love Um, cardamom. Right. I love cardamom. Mm -hmm. I'm so good. Pretty much obsessed with it. So, and then we added a, again, this is a beer cocktail. Oh, I love dad too. <laughs> <laughs> so we use Rheingeist uh, dad. And so it's a holiday ale. It's uh, got some really fun, like wintry uh, spices to it. And we put an orange peel because all of those flavors together just screams orange. That citrus is so good with these kind of rich, like stouty flavors. Oh, speaking of cardamom, I know you both were taught. I know Maya loves cardamom so much. She wanted to make sure that everybody knows so a little bit about cardamom. I mean, it's a spice made from seeds from several different plants. And it comes from the Indian subcontinent of Indonesia. I mean, it's used in a lot of Asian cooking. And I'm I'm half Indian, so I'm obsessed with anything Indian. <laughs> <laughs> so basically how you would make this drink is you would put the one and a half half ounces of wild turkey in a mixing glass with the nochino and the bitters. Fill the glass with ice, shake it, strain it. And then you'd strain it over like large rocks glass. So just like a really big rocks glass, not tall, kind of short. And then you would top. So top it with your beer. So that just means fill it up to the top. It doesn't mean float it. Nope. <laughs> Fill it up Fill to it the up top. top. And what's really nice is it gets really frothy. So it's uh it's perfect for winter. And then and... you drink the beer. Yes. And then you <laughs> you got an open can. You drink true. You could get two drinks out of it, or you could just chug that beer. And you could get really funky. I, you're you're gonna add an orange peel, but you could get real funky and try to flame it, which means just ma- getting an orange peel, kind of just squeezing it in between your fingers, and then that citrus will come out and as it comes out you light it and it bursts into fire and it's uh into flames and it's really fun mm, cool yeah what <laughs> so fun. and you add the so, orange peel so orange juice just bursts into flames so, yes. yeah so it's the oil from the peel yeah the oil pops out and when it pops out you light 
you're lighter, you're matched. It's nice to have that match because you smell the match. I too. like the match. So, I like yeah. the match. That's my favorite. A nice wooden well. match, right? And that's mm-hmm. and that's like the classic way to do that. Like one of those long stick matches. And yeah, and then you get to do that. It's all a show. Method. I love it's it. It's all a show, but then it's all what you're smelling. Cause when I never knew orange that, was flammable. Yeah. The oil is. You yeah. smell that that citrus and it changes <laughs> the whole taste profile once you exactly. take it. Exactly. So you want to say that again, because sometimes when people will leave off the garnish of the orange peel or whatever, it's very important to, we do that a lot because we don't always yeah, have it, do. but, and if it says rim, you're glad it's about the smell when you drink the drink too. It's not just the taste. Absolutely. Right? The first yeah. thing you taste is what you smell. The garnish yeah. is super important. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's going to change the way you, you take the, the way you taste it, the way it interacts with your taste buds. It's very important. I'm all about garnishes. Mm-hmm. We are all about garnishes. Yes. Yeah, Cinnamon's flames too, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. I've seen oh, that too. Yeah. So in this, in our book, we have the Rheingeist Dad Holiday Ale, which is local. It has, it's a red ale. It's 6%. And uh, it's not like, it's not a crazy winter warm or anything, but it's a, it's a winter drink. Yes. And it has, sorry. (laughs) That means you're right. No, it just said, leave it in there. You're right. It's a winter drink. Yes. It has sweet hints of caramel notes and resin and hits of citrus. So that's what's in our book. But we we thought of another option, featuring another Rheingeist beer, just in case you wanted to try something different and something kind of fresh and new on Rheingeist's menu for this year. Because this is the most recent seasonal beer that they have for fall. So sometimes you're not going to be able to get that dad, but you can get a Rheingeist crumb cake. So that's an imperial red ale with lactose, vanilla, and cinnamon. So it definitely complements the rest of the ingredients in, in this cocktail. So before we go, let's talk about one thing. Can you go over one more time what the basic recipe is for crafting your own cocktail? So the basic formula for a craft. This is like the called the golden rule, right? Or something. The golden rule, the foundation of a cocktail. But uh, the golden rule meant to be broken as well, right? All rules are meant <laughs> to be broken once you know them. It is one part citrus, one part sweet, and one part booze. And then once you know that, you can add different things to change the flavor profile and amp it up and, you know, just get creative. Get crazy. Okay. So a lot of times during the podcast, we've mentioned the book that these two lovely ladies have written and it's rock tales and amped up spin on mixology, Cincinnati volume one. So is there going to be a volume two? Yes. So we're actually, we're, we're in the process of writing it right now. And part of how we're funding our book is we're selling cocktail infusion kits and each one of those cocktails will be featured in our next book. So our next book is, it's not local to Cincinnati. It's Mm. not local to any city, but it's, it will be featuring all women, women from all genres, women from all eras, from all parts of the world. Women, musician, female musicians. That's what we're talking. Yes. And it will include a, you know, I I love a girl on a guitar. Who doesn't, I mean, (laughs) who doesn't love a girl on a guitar? Yeah. Okay, so if they wanted to buy any of these drinks, are they listed on your website, the different infusion kits that you have? 
or how would they know how to buy them? Yeah. So the cocktail infusion kits aren't, we're not selling them online yet. Okay. We have been at certain um, events, um, different street fairs. Um, we would like to plug one that it's a, it's a nice holiday fair. It's uh, November 26th at Music Hall in Cincinnati. It's a crafty supermarket. So we'll be selling our cocktail kits there. I mean, hopefully we'll be in such demand that we'll be able to start manufacturing them to sell on on our website. But for right now, what you can buy on our website are basically our books. We have paperbacks, we have hardbacks, uh, we have some cool vinyl coasters, um, we have t-shirts and tote bags. Those are kind of what we are selling online. And all of these things would make excellent Christmas gifts. Oh, we agree. Especially for for some anyone who likes to drink, anyone who likes music, anyone who's in Cincinnati or I saw glasses on your website too. You're still selling the glasses, the pint glasses and the rocks glasses and all that. And stickers. Everybody loves stickers. Everybody loves stickers. (laughs) Stocking stuffers. Exactly. So tell everybody what your website is. Oh. Well, Maya wanted to mention one thing about our upcoming book. One thing that I, I'm really excited about, I know you guys, I don't know how excited you guys will be, but we're including a mocktail and a rocktail with booze. So for each one, for each recipe. Oh, that's cool. Be inclusive because a lot of people, you know, they don't need to drink. They don't want to drink, but they want. Well, I don't need to drink, but I want to, but they they can still. But Greg, they can still be educated. That's the thing. I have a lot yes. of friends who don't drink and they're- well, Someone's going to drive. Yeah. Oh, I've exactly. got plenty of friends that are driving me <laughs> yeah. around. But they also like the art of making a good drink though. You know, I mean, why should they be left out? Why should they be right. left out of, of having something carefully curated and delicious? So- um, That's true. That was, so that was that's cool excellent. Yeah. Moving yeah, forward. I think it's cool. I think that's cool. Yeah, I agree. So where's the, what's the website where they can order all this cool stuff? That yeah, book's not out yet, but the, the rest of the things but are. If you, yes. Buy our stuff and it helps us um, be able to write our next book. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Gives us where? Our so. website is AmericanRocktails.com. We are also on Facebook as Rocktails and Amped Up Spin on Mixology. On Instagram, we are Rocktails Books underscore events. And that goes into we don't just write books. We do small and big private parties. So we've done anything from corporate functions or weddings. That's how I found them. <laughs> yeah. I, I attended a corporate function you guys were a part of. So yes. Yes, with Emerge. And we're open to any event that anybody wants some fun, creative cocktails and two very happy, enthusiastic entrepreneurs. Oh, and we also make all the cocktail menus at Hard Rock Casino, Cincinnati, downtown. You can find one of our menus at the Council Oaks Steak and Seafood Restaurant. Awesome. Um, We also (laughs) would like to mention that we are in the process of, and this Perhaps maybe by the time this airs, your listeners m- might be able to find us on Patreon and it would be. When under- she says might, we will be on Patreon okay, very soon. Right. Okay. We will be on Patreon <laughs> uh, and uh, that, that is Rocktails and Amped Up Spin on Mixology. Okay. Awesome. 
So we've got Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and your website. All of those were mentioned, correct? Absolutely. Okay. And one more thing before we go, I do want to mention that um, you can have a designer cocktail made for your party or function. These guys will talk to you and figure out how to make that happen for a price, but it's a good price. So if you're interested in that, also contact them. Rocktailsbooks at gmail.com. Awesome. So you can do that. There's probably a link to that on your website, right? There is. Well, I mean, think how cool you would be. You're having a party and you have a signature drink that was designed just for you. Okay. And also before we leave, we, we should talk about like the heavy hinges band, right? I would love to talk about both. <laughs> I have a band too. Yes. The so perfect the, children right. band. Well, right. I have to say it's really hard for me to play live in my band because I just, I can't get out. But if I, I used to play all the time and now I have really small, important shows that I do. And I have a really cool show that I'm doing as well. That is not necessarily my band. So, all right. So what are the names of your bands? So all of them, (laughs) I know you have many. (laughs) What are they? So I have two bands. One is called heavy hinges. And I am the singer and I also play electric baritone ukulele. And then my other band is Minotones, like the bird, M-Y-N-A-H. And it's like a three-part harmony kind of poppy rock group. And Heavy Hinges is rock, soul, blues. And both of my bands are playing at Blink, but I guess that doesn't matter because you guys aren't going to air before that right but you do play out around cincinnati yeah so definitely look for those two bands play out a lot okay (laughs) so my band is called the perfect children which i front and i write all the music i play guitar it's a three-piece drums bass and guitar so all original music all All original original music music. both of you (laughs) yeah awesome great And I perform more now solo um, as opposed to full band. But occasionally, if if all the stars align, my band will play. But I really do love to write songs. Me too. My main instrument is my voice. So playing solo makes me feel really great. So um, I do. I am playing uh, a couple of solo shows opening for some pretty cool touring folks. And I also do a lot of studio and session work that's kind of behind the scenes, things that people don't see, things that you don't say, hey, come see my band for. But, I, you know, I like to sing backing vocals for uh, touring bands or um, right now I'm doing backing vocals and a soloist for this project that is featuring all types of music, again, with the Cincinnati connection at the Ludlow Garage with some local I guess almost like celebrities kind of old school songs from the sixties through the eighties. So old school, Greg. Cool. <laughs> Doing yes. a no doubt cover band. Sixties through the eighties, Karen, through yep. the eighties. Yep. Yep. That's the key word there. <laughs> Do you guys have websites for your bands? No, we don't have websites. I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram, heavy hinges on. Okay. Facebook and Instagram and Minotones on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Heavy Hinges does have a website, heavyhinges.com. Well, I'm on Facebook um, and Instagram as well with the perfect children on both 
Um, I have a Kristen Craft mu- music page and a YouTube page that has a lot of, oh. uh, like a lot of the projects that kind of my discography of work that I've done. I think I, ha- I actually have a Spotify playlist that I did. It's got so many songs that I've done backup vocals for. Um, so yeah. that's kind of fun. And both my bands are on all streaming yeah. platforms, Spotify, Bandcamp, all those themes. You have a YouTube channel where you're making drinks, right? We do. We do. I saw that on your website today. We do musical practical tutorials. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Do you guys sleep? No, actually. I had an hour and a half of sleep last night. Oh my goodness. So I'm stumbling over my work. I cannot do that anymore. (laughs) I don't want to do it. (laughs) But you know what? We go through these waves too. Like there'll be like, there'll be like a week where it's just like, chill and then we go through like for the storm Ah! yes (laughs) and that was last night for me i'm like i'm gonna clean my house and make cocktail kits till 7 30 in the morning (laughs) well ladies it was a pleasure to have you on (laughs) we've learned so much and all the things that we can reach out and contact you about what do you think greg you got lots of notes yeah i got lots of notes if I could just read my scribble, I will be good. <laughs> well, we know how to contact them if you have any questions. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, this was great. Thank you. You, are, you were a pleasure to speak with, really. It was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. Thank you for joining us for Wicked Ramblings. Remember, Karen and I are not experts, but Maya and Kristen are, in this case. And this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. No wagering on how to make cocktails, people. Anything else, Karen? Please drink responsibly. Yes. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Want to keep in touch? Check out our website, scaryspirits.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Scary Spirits Podcast. Find us on YouTube at Scary Spirits Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at info at scaryspirits.com. To help us grow the podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, we really do appreciate your support. And as always, please drink responsibly. Music.